Hi, this is photographer Felix Hernandez, and you're listening to the Petapixel Photography Podcast with Sharky James. Enjoy. This episode is sponsored by our friends at FreshBooks. The weather is better, and if you're a freelance photographer or a small business owner, you'd much rather be out in it shooting rather than dealing with paperwork, right? And that's where the cloud-based accounting software from FreshBooks comes in. To sign up for your 30-day free trial, go to freshbooks.com forward slash petapixel and enter petapixel in the how did you hear about us section. Thank you, FreshBooks, for your support. Welcome to the Petapixel Photography Podcast, episode 114. Sony surprises with the A6500 and RX100 Mark V. In this episode... Sony drops two post-photo Kina bombs, a photographer's gear is stolen right before the I do's, Photoshop Elements turns 15, Bowens has some new lighting gear, and two photographers lose their lives. All that and more in episode 114 of the Petapixel Photography Podcast. Thank you so much, Felix, for opening the show. I greatly appreciate it, brother. The Mothership recently featured the work of Felix Hernandez, and a few times in the past, actually, and for good reason. Felix operates on a level of creativity that few of us possess. Not only does he have the technical aspects of photography down, he has the vision and patience to make truly remarkable work come to life. We're talking about painstaking, meticulous detail from dreaming up a concept to creating the props necessary to executing it flawlessly, and sometimes in miniature. Felix's work is incredibly beautiful, will transport you to other worlds, and will help you better appreciate the world in which we live. To experience the incredible work of Felix Hernandez, head on over to his site at hernandezdreamphography.com. That's H-E-R-N-A-N-D-E-Z, the word dream, then photography. That last part is basically photography without the T and the O. You can also hit the show notes for episode 114 at petapixel.com slash podcast, and I'll link you over to his site. Do yourself a favor and check out his work, his workshops, and everything else that he's got going on over there. It's truly amazing stuff. And I'd like to thank you all for joining us here in episode 114 of the Petapixel Photography Podcast. We appreciate you all so much, and thank you all for subscribing, rating, and reviewing us in iTunes, or wherever else you listen to us. And as always, we appreciate you hitting that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode, as well as telling all your friends on social media and elsewhere and helping to get the word out about this show. Okay, with that, I'm your host, Sharky James. Let's hit it. Today's listener question has to do with our top story. So let's hear what Philip in Denmark has to say. Hi, Sharky James. This is Philip Hansen chiming in from Copenhagen, Denmark. What is up with the Alpha 6500? When is enough enough? Sony announcing a successor to a camera that's only what seems to be months old. What gives? Are you interested? Shooting it beside the Fuji X-T2? Mm. I'm curious for a low-light autofocusing comparison between those two and your newly bought Nikon D500. Keep up the great work with the podcasts. I'm excited to hear your feedback. Next. Thank you so much for your question, Philip. What the heck is up indeed? Sony, in a bizarre but awesome move, updated the A6300, which came out just this past February 2016, so only eight months ago now as I record this, by announcing the A6500, a camera that truly took everybody by surprise. 
No one saw this coming. Not so quickly after the A6300. You just wouldn't have predicted it. Even as quickly as Sony cranks out cameras, you wouldn't have thought that just eight months later, we'd be seeing the A6500. That is highly unusual, even for Sony. This new camera has 4D focus, 425 phase detection AF points covering nearly the entire frame, and can lock on your subject in just 0.05 seconds. That is amazingly quick. It has a 24.2 megapixel APS-C size Exmor CMOS sensor with Bion's X processor and an ISO range of 100 to 51,200 in the normal range. It can shoot as fast as 11 frames per second in continuous, and its improved buffer allows for 307 JPEG photos to be shot before that buffer fills. You know, it's that buffer in this line of camera that's been a huge problem until now. I still own the A6000, and with these cameras, you're able to push a crazy amount of frames at 11 frames per second. But that's useless when you hit the buffer, you have to wait to shoot again, and adding insult to injury, you can't review your photos for a while. So it's nice to see that Sony has finally addressed this with the A6500. But as nice as that is, and that's pretty nice, the standout feature is that Sony has somehow managed to squeeze 5-axis image stabilization into this camera. Now you have a massively useful body for all the things that you're shooting that aren't sports or action. And along with its low light capabilities, which are actually pretty darn decent, you now have the ability to go to five shutter speeds lower if you need to. That's huge. Also, in a very un-Sony-like move, they've added a touchscreen finally. Something that my friend Doug Kay and Gordon Lang from All About the Gear have been wanting to see for a while now, along with the rest of us. You know, all cameras should have touchscreens in them. There's no reason not to. If you don't want to use it, you don't have to. It's how we operate our electronics. I'm talking about our smartphones and tablets. Everything is going to be operated by touch. What's awesome about the A6500 is that you can use it to change the AF point quickly, and that's going to be extremely helpful. So good on them for adding this, finally. Now, as for video, you can shoot 4K in Super 35 format with full pixel readout and without pixel binning. You can touch to focus while shooting that video. You can do full HD 1080p at 100 frames per second. It has a 14-stop dynamic range in S-Log2 Gamma. S gamut for a wider color space. You can extract 8 megapixel stills from the 4K video. And since Sony didn't address the overheating issue, my bet is that's still going to be something that A6500 owners are going to have to contend with. All right, like the A6300 and the A6000 before it, this is a great camera. No doubt about it. It's just the form factor that's lacking for me personally, and that's partly why I got the Nikon D500. When you're shooting sports and other action, you need to be able to get to the controls quickly. And on these particular Sony bodies, you just can't do that. Anyone who tells you otherwise probably works for Sony. Sharky with a D500 versus Sharky with an A6500 and it's not even close. D500 Sharky wins. In comparison, the A6500's buttons are tiny, they're in odd places, and for some things, you're just going to be drilling through Sony's notoriously horrid menu system to be able to change what you need. Now, they've changed up that menu system a bit in this new body, but it still looks exceedingly frustrating. I mean, they need a complete overhaul of that thing. It's horrible. Now, all of that said, with touchscreen, in-body image stabilization, even better focusing in that large buffer, one could justify the $1,400 US price tag for this camera. 
you're getting a lot for that amount of money. But you've got to be okay with a very point-and-shoot-like form factor and experience. I still love that A6000, though. You know, it's keeping the papers on my desk beautifully. I joke, though. It's really sad because I love that thing. And I get to see it all day, but it's right there keeping the paperwork from flying off. It's okay. It's useful. It still feels needed. And that's what we care about, right? We don't want to hurt its feelings. Not hurting its feelings is very important to me. Now, the A6500 is in the same class of cameras, roughly, as my Fujifilm X-T2, which the kind folks down at DigiDirect in Australia sent up to me, but a completely different form factor. The X-T2 is heavy on buttons and dials, and it's just so much easier to get what you need to get to. What that awesome X-T2 lacks, though, is a touchscreen and that incredible 5-axis image stabilization that they have in the Sony. But you've got things like dual card slots to cover your butt, a more tactile camera, and a wider variety of high-quality lenses designed specifically for APS-C size bodies. And that is a huge, huge plus. Two completely different approaches to a camera, and it'd be nice to have the best of both worlds in one. That would be the ultimate APS-C camera right there. You know, the A6500 would not be ideal in situations that are mission critical. In other words, when you're being hired to shoot. With just one card slot, you've got all your eggs in one basket, and that just isn't good. And for a camera that costs $1,400 US, you really should have two card slots. Listen, the A6500 is a great camera. Like the previous models, it's amazing how much it can do for how tiny it is, but it's that tininess that's really standing out now and seems kind of silly. The lenses that you're going to put on it, particularly if you're shooting sports or other action, are going to be fairly large, and I know from experience how less than ideal it is to handle that. It's time for Sony to reimagine this line and beef it up a little bit. Make it easier to hold with a more substantial grip, and not only will it be easier for people to handle, you'll have room for a bigger battery. You know, I generally hate it when camera makers keep changing up the battery, but Sony bodies, universally, suck when it comes to battery life. It's just pathetic. Here it is in late 2016, and if you're shooting sports or anything with a Sony body, you're going to need an army of batteries just to be able to keep shooting, and that's just not cool. It also wouldn't hurt them to put a headphone jack in there while you're at it. You know, being able to shoot 4K video and all the other capabilities that this camera has on the video front, but no way to monitor your audio via a jack is frankly embarrassing. When it comes to shooting video, it gives people a reason to ignore the A6500 and get something else instead. Perhaps not a Sony, so throw in a headphone jack. I mean, come on. I love my D500 for sports. The X-T2 certainly holds its own as well, but the A6500 with IBIS built in is certainly tempting. I mean, five stops of stabilization no matter what lens you put on. That's incredible. You know, with that addition, the A6500 just climbed to the top of the heap as the perfect travel camera, in addition to being a really capable sports body. Next. If you don't have insurance, keep a close eye on your gear. Even if you do, keep an eye on your gear. And certainly if you make your living with photography, it's especially important. You can't afford downtime without your gear. Ain't nobody got time for that. Boston-based photographer Alyssa Stone's first wedding went off without a hitch. Her second one, however, not so much. In fact, her gear was stolen out of a church pew. I know, right? One place that you might assume that your gear would be safe would be a church. Nope. Guess what? People don't care. Church, police station, it doesn't matter. 
Thieves are thieves. The venue is irrelevant. As if discovering her gear had been stolen wasn't bad enough. It happened right before the I do's. Yeah, no bueno. Now, seasoned pros will keep a second set of gear in their car just in case, or used to at least. You know, these days, things are a little bit more fly by the seat of your pants. You have photographers shooting weddings that only have one camera on them. That camera has just one card slot, and in it might be budget cards that aren't exactly reliable. You guys get the picture here. You know, it's a couple's most important day until their kids are born. Well, if they did it in that order. I mean, you know, it's 2016, right? And these photographers are taking risks with their reputation and their financial status. And I'll talk about that a little bit more here in a bit. As she tells Fox 25 in Boston, quote, It was right before the bride and groom were supposed to walk down the aisle, and I felt really helpless. How do you go in and steal someone's livelihood during communion? I want to punch somebody, end quote. Okay, clearly she doesn't go to that church. Just a guess, right? Instone's bag was about $4,000 US worth of gear. Gear that she very much needs as she shoots for several newspapers in the South Shore area of Boston. I mean, this is how she makes money, so you think she would have kept an eye on it, but whatever. What's done is done. Now, while this incident should put a lump in every wedding shooter's throat, it's important to note that Stone was second shooting that day, so the primary photographer got the shots and crisis was averted. She might not be used again by that photographer, but that's neither here nor there. As always, make sure you or someone you trust has an eye on your gear or bring it with you at all times, especially if you're making money from your photography. Now, presumably she could have slung her bag and been okay, but she unwisely left it behind and it was stolen. And for those who are primary shooters, whose livelihood and reputation are on the line, don't forget about insurance to protect you because many a bride have sued for having their big day ruined like this. A massive judgment could be unrecoverable in your lifetime, and that would not be good. This also goes for those who are shooting senior photos and just about everything. If the star athlete you're photographing for their senior photos breaks their leg during the shoot, and now they've lost their scholarship, you're probably getting sued. They're going to be looking for someone to blame, and it's going to be you. This isn't fun stuff at all, but it's got to be part of a photographer's business. It just has to be. You got to build it into your prices. You have to make sure you're covered in case something goes terribly, terribly wrong. Now, thankfully for her, Stone isn't getting sued, but she's still out $4,000 worth of gear because it doesn't look like she was covered at all. She is, however, asking for others to help pay for her mistake and to replace her gear. So there's that. It's 2016. This is how it's done, apparently. You can fly by the seat of your pants and expect everyone to bail you out. Next. As we always say here on the podcast, thanks to the amazing technology available to us, sharing our photos is so easy. And so is running your business if you use FreshBooks. Whether you make your money with photography or you have another small business, you'd rather be shooting and editing your photos than dealing with paperwork, right? I know I would. Well, FreshBooks solves this problem by making it incredibly fast and easy. Their amazingly simple cloud-based invoicing solution keeps your cash flow details all in one place so you know exactly who you've invoiced, who's paid, who hasn't, and what your income is. And their FreshBooks mobile app is awesome. It lets you take pics of your receipt and organize them later so you have them all ready to go come tax time. Do yourself a favor and check out FreshBooks. You'll be more prepared, less stressed, and you can get back to enjoying your life and doing what you love most. Amazingly, 
On average, FreshBooks users get paid a full two weeks faster when accepting online payments. They cut two days a month of administrative tasks, and they double the revenue in the first 24 months. More time shooting means more time to make money rather than shuffling papers. And right now, FreshBooks is offering a free 30-day trial to our listeners. Just go to freshbooks.com forward slash petapixel and enter petapixel in the how did you hear about us section. Thank you so much, FreshBooks. Although I rarely use mine, you've heard me talk about how awesome the Sony RX100 Mark IV is. It's pocketable. The Zeiss optics are wonderful. Like Jared, it shoots raw. And now Sony has upped the game with the RX100 Mark V. All right, get ready for some world's fastest, world's this and that claims, because Sony says it has the world's fastest AF speed, the world's fastest continuous shooting, and more AF points than any other compact camera. This camera has a 20.1 megapixel 1-inch Exmor RS BSI CMOS sensor with Bion's X image processor and a front-end LSI chip for increased processing speed and high ISO image quality. It has an ISO range of 125 to 12,800, has 315 AF points covering 65% of the frame, and autofocuses in just 0.05 seconds. That is indeed the current fastest, as is its ability to shoot at 24 frames per second. I mean, think about that. That's pretty much like shooting video right there. Just don't make a habit of that, or you're for sure going to want to drop the 150 bucks to get Photo Mechanic just to get through all those photos in your lifetime. I mean, culling is going to take you forever. So maybe try not to do that so much. Amazingly, the RX100 Mark V can shoot 150 photos in a row while maintaining autofocus and auto exposure tracking. That right there is pretty astonishing, I got to say. It has an anti-distortion shutter that can shoot up to 32 thousandths of a second. It minimizes the nasty rolling shutter effect and can shoot wide open at brightness levels to EV19. That is crazy talk. It features an integrated Zeiss Vario Sonar T-Star lens, which is equivalent to a 24-70mm f1.8 to f2.8 in 35mm terms, can shoot Ultra HD 4K video with full pixel readout and without pixel binning, has S-Log2 and S-Gamut, 1000 frames per second super slow-mo recording, and you can extract 8 megapixel stills from the 4K footage. Around back is a 3-inch 1.23 million dot multi-angle LCD screen, which you can touch all darn day long, and nothing is going to happen except for it's going to get smudgy. I mean, come on, Sony. Touch screens. All cameras. Do it now, please. And it has a 2.36 million dot pop-up OLED electronic viewfinder. As with the RX100 Mark IV, which I may or may not sell since it's mostly going unused these days, it's a tad overpriced at $1,000 US. If you're cool with that though, you can get one sometime this month, October 2016, and you'd probably really enjoy it. It's a great, great camera. In my mind, it's best of class, but you know what? They need to add a touchscreen. They need to bring that price down a little bit or keep the price the same. Give us a touchscreen, throw in a couple more things and call it good. Next. If you use external flashes, both big and small, indoors or out, you might be interested in some new offerings from UK-based Bowens. They've launched their new Generation X line, which includes two systems, XMT for location lighting and XMS for your studio. The company is high on this new line with Bowens marketing manager David Hollingsworth saying, quote, Generation X is the first step in relaunching Bowens to the imaging world. 
These barrier-breaking new products combine state-of-the-art technology and cutting-edge design and are the result of many months of very intense market research and product development. They will be the vanguard of our plans for ongoing and regular new unit rollouts in the coming months and years. End quote. Their 500 watt seconds XMT model has TTL, high sync up to 1 8,000th of a second, is compatible with Canon, Nikon, and Sony cameras, has 9 stops of power adjustment, a flash duration as short as, get this, 10,309th of a second. How's that for specific, huh? It has a rear curtain sync, sync delay. I really enjoy that, as you can tell strobe mode and its battery which is good for 500 full power flashes per charge can easily be swapped out so you can keep on shooting 10,309th of a second i mean they could have said 10,300th of a second it would have been just fine but no that extra ninth really matters apparently now their separate xms system comes in three models 500 750 and 1000 watt seconds these units are fully digital. The power can be dropped down in just 5 watt seconds if you need just a kiss of light, and it has 8 stops of power adjustments in 1 tenth stops. The XMS line is compatible with 2.4 GHz radio remote and trigger systems. They're compatible with voltages from 100 to 230 volts, and that makes them usable worldwide. They have an easy open slash quick lock latch so you can more easily position your lights. There's an integrated stand mount for storage and transportation options and an integrated reflector cap. These new units will be available sometime here in the balance of 2016 with the XMT going for $1,800 US and the XMS 500, 750, and 1000 models going for $1,100, $1,300, and $1,500 respectively. Yeah, these are pretty pricey, but when you need power and units that are built like a tank, Bowen has been one of the go-tos for that, and they would serve you well for many years to come. Next. We talk about the more serious tools like Photoshop, Lightroom, and all the alternatives here on the show, but one that tends to get overlooked and one I always forget about is Adobe Photoshop Elements. It's actually pretty darn capable, and for many people, it might be all they need. You know, not everyone needs to do the hardcore edits that many of us do. Some people just need to crop their photo, do a little bit of adjusting, and call it good. And Adobe Photoshop Elements 15 would totally take care of that for you. This way slimmed down version of Photoshop CC is worth having a look at. You know, especially before you're going to pay $10 a month for the photography plan, which gets you Photoshop and Lightroom, which is a great deal, by the way. And especially since there's a free trial out there, it's worth having a look at first. Of this new version, Adobe says, quote, For this release, we focused on further automating the organization and editing process so that Elements does the heavy lifting and you can focus on creating and sharing. End quote. Touch has now come to Elements Organizer 15, giving users the ability to manage photos more easily using their fingers on touchscreen computers, so that's going to be extremely helpful for those that are used to manipulating photos that way. There's also a new enhanced search, which lets you search photos by place, events, and in other ways, thanks to new smart tags, which auto tags your photos by deciding what's in them. You know, dogs, cats, sunsets, etc. The instant fix feature has taken a huge step forward by allowing users to automatically adjust a group of photos together rather than individually and get on with things. A feature which many are going to like is the new guided edits, which takes complex tasks and makes them easier to implement. One example, speed pan, 
makes it easier to add motion blur to your photo much more quickly than doing it the old way. Brand new facial feature editing tools allow you to do things like changing a frown into a smile and a number of other cool things that used to take a long time to do and now have been way more simplified. There's a photo text tool which turns photos into text treatments, which seems super 1990s to me, but still, a lot of people are doing that and like it. A painterly tool for turning photos into art, much like filters you see on your smartphone or tablet. An enhanced filter gallery for more of the stuff that you see on your mobile devices. And the same thing with effects collage and frame creator. You know, we're seeing Photoshop Elements be the computer-based version of things that you do to your photos on your smartphone and your tablet, like I said. And that's okay. A lot of people want to do that. Look at how many people apply filters to their photos and text treatments, etc. And this is what you're going to be able to do now a lot more easily, but on your computer. Just maybe don't go all 1990s cheese on us, all right? Next. Sadly, Canadian artist and photographer Barbara McClatchy Andrews has died. In fact, she was murdered down in Mexico. According to the Yucatan State Attorney General, it's believed that robbery was the motive, and her killer was the bus driver who was taking her home from the airport in Cancun to her home 191 miles east of Cancun in Merida. The 74-year-old noted photographer, whose work has appeared in National Geographic and other publications, was the last passenger left on the bus, and it's believed that the driver, Juan Carlos Lopez Martinez of Veracruz, strangled her and left her by the roadside. The Artworks Gallery in Vancouver, Canada, one of the galleries that represented her, released a statement about Andrews, saying, quote, We are shocked and saddened by the death of Barbara McClatchy Andrews. We are heartbroken for losing such a dear friend and an accomplished artist. Our deepest condolences go out to her family and friends. We strongly demand the investigation brings her murderer to justice. End quote. Barbara McClatchy Andrews, dead at age 74. R.I.P. Sister. Sadly, another photographer has passed away. And this time, it was a death that could have been avoided. You see, 25-year-old New York-based Instagram and YouTube star Christopher Serrano was killed on Wednesday, October 5th, 2016, when he left a female friend as they were riding the F train in Brooklyn, made his way between two of the connected subway cars, and proceeded to climb to the roof of the train. According to the New York Daily News, the photographer hit his head on an elevated beam and was killed. His body was found on the tracks many hours later. Despite a penchant for breaking the law that night, as well as many other times, as he illegally accessed roofs of buildings to shoot photos for his sizable Instagram following of 100,000 plus people, Serrano found out two days before this accident that he passed the test and would be entering the New York City Correction Academy. He planned on working as a corrections officer, then joining the NYPD as a cop. His grieving mother, Susan Serrano, said this of her son, quote, he loved the adrenaline rush of photography. He wanted to show people places. He wanted to show people what's out there, what the city is like. I was proud of him, but I was terrified. End quote. Listen, you all know how I feel about this type of photography. It might be really cool looking, but it's extremely dangerous. And as a result, he lost his life. Christopher Serrano, dead much too soon at age 25. R.I.P. brother. I'd like to thank you all for listening to episode 114 of the Petapixel Photography Podcast. Don't forget to check us out at petapixel.com slash podcast for the show notes and to see what else we have for you. 
If you head on over there, you can leave us a voicemail question that we can answer here on the show. Or if you don't feel comfortable leaving a voicemail, feel free to email me at lensshark at gmail.com. And if you'd like to connect with me personally, hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook where I'm LensShark. That's L-E-N-S-S-H-A-R-K. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to make sure you get every episode of this podcast. We'd greatly appreciate it. And also, if you're making any purchases on Amazon, head on over to LensShark.com. Hit our Amazon affiliate link, and we would greatly appreciate that as well. It's a great way to help support this podcast and doesn't add anything additional to your purchase. Another great way would be to support our sponsor, FreshBooks. They have a 30-day free trial for you. Head on over to freshbooks.com slash petapixel and enter petapixel in the how did you hear about us section. All right, with that, I'll see you all in episode 115. Well, it's F8 and 250th of a second outside. It's time to shoot. Please subscribe to the Petapixel Photography Podcast. My daddy is the host. And it's improved bopper, bopper. And there's our blooper.